What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Middle cough. Hey, Ames. Uh, boy, you uh, you you were you were an animal on the uh, old face app. That thing is terrifying. How old are we in the photo that you uh, posted? I just assume mid seventies, but so uh, it doesn't you tell know, you like fifty years, hundred years. No, it does. It just has. It just says old. There's also you know you can buy access to like get beards and hair. Like they're a sweet Brad Pitt hair, but oh. you have to pay. But you have to pay for it. It's not why why the old face went viral is because of the million options that they provide. It's the one that's free. There's also a beard one, and right. I did a beard one on me. I can't grow a beard, but God, it looks sweet. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, they to me the beard one and the old one are like only the two of the sweet ones. And there's a young one, but the young one looks kind of weird. Uh. It turns out the, Russian, it, it, it turns it, out the Russians a, are running it. It does, and my first reaction was "whoa," <laughs> yeah. and then I, and then I saw about twenty people go, "Everyone's such an idiot!" But like trying to listen. I mean, we're recording this right now through our Apple computers on Skype. They got all of our information. I just bought a bunch of stuff off. Uh, have you ever heard of Amazon Basics? It's like their own products, like towels and bowls oh. and knives, and so you can just order like. You need some towels for your home? Order 25 towels for like $10 off Amazon. I mean, it's on Amazon, and you just type yeah. in Amazon so Basics. It's like they have their own knives. basic brand. Yeah, some whiskey glasses, some some like No, no, no. I'm getting, those, I'm getting those from uh, yeah, Box so of Awesome, John. Not whiskey glasses, wine glass, whatever. And it's really cheap. Amazon has knows everything about John Middlecoff. All my information, where I live, what I like. So everyone knows all my shit. Guy, if we're going down... I know how we're going down, and us in California, it's a quake. I don't know about you, but my office shook yesterday. No, I didn't feel the one on Tuesday. We had a 4-4. Yeah, I mean, I, I know about it, but I didn't off. feel it. My, my cousin sent me a, uh, I don't know, like earthquake, the earthquake Twitter in California has must have an account. I, I refuse to follow it, and said a 1 in 20 chance a big one hits the East Bay soon. Like, Jesus. 
So I mean, I, I, I do think that there's a chance that a, that a big quake's coming. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've been terrified of it for a long time. Yeah, I've thought about it a lot. There's actually in like the California Academy of Sciences, they have a quake house. You go in it and it um, recreates like the big earthquake from the early 1900s. What was that, 1904 or something? Um, so we're over 100 years past the last Yeah, few. we're overdue. We are. We're overdue. Yeah. So would the NFL season still go on around here if it just crippled the Bay? Yeah, you would just move the teams to London. One of them you would think, be there already. So you think they would just move the team? Seriously, like yeah. what if it just like ruined the Bay Area? Well, like I think they'd take shatter. a week off and then they'd move them to like, uh, you know, some empty stadium somewhere, like the Alamo Dome or something. It'd be bad, you know, it'd be bad. But I, I, I don't want to be negative, Nancy. And I'm, I'm a positive person now Am I getting in my mid-30s. But it, it hit me yesterday when my desk started rumbling like, holy shit, two things. One, I never know how to react. I freeze every time. I just freeze and just count down. Like, it's going to end soon. It's going to end soon. Nothing's falling. And two, like, one, I, I didn't get, when I bought my place, the earthquake insurance is sneaky, really expensive. I'm like, what? What do I even really have in here? And now I start thinking, like, should I call tomorrow? I'm like, hey, how much is that earthquake insurance? Well, they run ads all the time, don't they? Is it too late? The one no, thing that's, that's good is a lot of people around here, you know, your buddy Elias, Anyone that owns these buildings, they just force you. Everything is earthquake, quote unquote, compliant, right? Yeah, I most- know. Elias told me the reason he got Sherman Market over there on uh, Union and Franklin is because the guy who owned it before price gouged after the 89 quake. And so the neighborhood basically boycotted that guy's shop. No one would go in there anymore. So he had to sell what, it. What do you mean price gouged? Like raised it so high? To yeah, like up- after the quake. Is in the marina basically. You want a bottle of water for forty five? Yeah, I don't know what the prices were, but he price he he price gouged, and so after everyone had the ability to stop buying from him, they did, and so the guy was forced to sell the the place, and that's how Elias got it. Our uh, the girl I go through for ease, so back on uh, next week through the football season. You know, one of our favorite partners, our favorite partner. She was telling me. She's from Michigan. She moved out here. She was reading something that they told you to like put waters just in, not just have waters at your house because what if it falls through? Like have them in different parts of your house, just bottle waters. So if you get stuck somewhere, you just got like three Aquafinas with you. Wow. <laughs> you know, I get thirsty fast too, so I, that would be something I might think about. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by LegacyBox.com slash ham. We'll tell you more about these things later in the pod, but LegacyBox dot com slash ham by uh, box of awesome dot com promo, promo code, code ham got promo my box ham. of awesome uh yes it's pretty uh, i guess it was a few days ago now i guess it was before the first pod because we got the, the bag i gotta i gotta check i haven't got mine yet 20 percent off and uh my, my bookie second, my second one yeah my bookie uh dot ag promo code ham one guy ham i mean the br- one. don't call it the british open they call it the open the open champ the the world what do they call it the the champion golfer of the world or something yeah, it's just I just call it the fourth major. So I, you had a good idea because uh, the obviously my bookie's been on through all the majors. It's crazy. It's July and this is the last major, John. Yeah, it's weird. Mid July is the last. But, major. but remember, like you did, Tiger's first win yeah. in forever. That that was during football season, and they didn't like that because they wanted to move it up. Now that tournament is going to start. 
when like end of August now instead of end of September FedEx this year. Cup chase. So they've moved everything up. I got these people blowing outside my house. I want to scream at them to shut up and record a podcast Sounds here. Okay. But yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I had this thought this morning. I've gambled, <laughs> gambled. I, I've lost a lot of money on golf this year. Uh, actually, won some during the one match play tournament. But I, I think we should, as a show, put our money where our mouth is. My bookie's been a great sponsor. Promo code Ham One. I got them on for the majors because I said, we're going to talk about the majors. I know our audience. I know they like to gamble. And we should gamble. I mean, we should, even if it's just like 50 bucks a piece, because it's not like betting on a game. You're betting one individual against the whole field. Right. Uh, and I'm, I know the guy that I think that at least just gives us a shot because if you look at his history this year, he was second, he won one, and then he was second, and he literally could have won them all. And that's, you know, our fearless leader, Brooks Kepka. Should we throw 50 each? So it would basically, if he were to win the tournament, we get 500 bucks. He's who I would pick, John. Now tell me. He might not be who I'd pick, though. Well, but, he, but he's the safest pick. Yeah, okay, so talk me through that. I, like, if I had to pick somebody in this scenario, I'm with, first of all, I'm in, let's do it. Let's talk about it right now and make our decision. Uh, my first vote goes to Kepka. I mean, you'd have to talk me out of Kepka. Like, why wouldn't I pick Kepka? Like, you texted me yesterday. His last three majors, he's two, finished second, finished first, finished second. And he was tied for the lead, remember, in the Masters. He hit in the water, and he still almost won it. Then he dominated Beth Page Black. And then at the U.S. Open, he was kind of lingering. But then on Sunday, he, I don't know exactly what he did, but it felt like he buried like five of the first eight holes. It was like, Jesus Christ, this guy's going to win it again. Well, I, and I don't know if never practicing is great for longevity, but right now, he is the most confident golfer in the world. He's bragging about not preparing except for the majors. Do you think – you've told me before, I don't know if you said it on the podcast, but we definitely BS'd about it. you think he hypes that up a little bit now it's like taking on a life of its own? Or do you think he legitimately, like for a regular tournament, he's not going to grind? Because I kind of believe him. Well, I believe that he doesn't grind. I don't believe that he just does nothing and shows up on, like, you know, Monday for practice rounds and never goes to the range in between. Like – I think because I'd imagine he lives on a golf course, right? I know he said he didn't like whatever. He hadn't touched a club in 10 days. All that. I think he likes, but that was for like the John Deere class. Right. Right. I'm just saying, I, I think that he likes kind of the defiance of saying, I don't work hard at this. First of all, it makes you look sweet. Now I, again, I think part of it's real. I'm not saying it's not real. I'm not saying I don't buy it. I just think he likes in a world where everybody, where, you know, people act like it's the most important thing in the world when you're in that world, treating it like it's not the most important thing to me and I'm still going to kick your ass. Like, I think he likes that. I would like it. I would probably do this. Like, I love it. You're just fucking with people. Like, I think it's great. How can you be this good not putting in it, like, never hitting the range? No, well, I know I he's not saying he never hits the range, but I, it's just – it's incredible. That's all I'm saying. I'd, I'd say what he hangs his hat on beside just uber length and being like one of the greatest pressure ball strikers we've ever seen in competition in the biggest spots is like he's such a slow breather. I would imagine if you like talk to – you know Butch Harmon, you know the famous guy that used to coach Tiger and now coaches them all, I guess retired. And I was reading this article in like Golf Digest – and his son Claude took over, so his son inherited. Oh, he's uh, it, I think he's like, is he Bryson's guy or Ricky's guy? Like he's one of the pool yeah. Guys he, well, guys. He, well, he kept Ricky, Dustin, 
and Kepka. So like he the last year kind of had to sell them and he was part of his dad's operation. But it was like they realized Butch is like 75. Butch is like, I just don't have the energy. I'm just, I'm old, right? He's like Ron Adams. Like, you know, also come, <laughs> I'll do the sweet home game, but I don't really want to travel. And Claude's probably like our age, maybe a little older, but he's really tight with those guys. But he did have this like, I can help you too. So for what, if you talk to Claude or Butch, I'd say the one thing he probably has, and I think they would tell you this probably about, you know, I'm trying to think of certain quarterbacks over the years. I don't think you'd consider like Peyton this way. Tom, Tom might have it. You just a natural kind of slow breather. Like the crazier it is, you're just a, you're for whatever reason, you're calm. And I, I'd say that's just kind of a Patriot thing, right? They, they clearly practice. Now, Usually they, that comes they, from preparation. I, I know that's what's, <laughs> but there's no way. I think the difference in golf, like how do you, even if you play in a ton of tournaments, how do you practice for the pressure of like being tied on Sunday in Augusta? I will. Well, I will say this, like counter to my point. I think the only way to play like you don't care about what really like you don't not you don't care, but like you it's not the end of the world to you. The only way to play like that is if it's not actually the end of the world to you. So like the only way to act like you don't care is if you don't care. And so well, maybe he just you know, I'm not saying it's not a he's obviously a great competitor, but maybe I should buy it more. I don't all I know is right now there is not a golfer in the world more confident than this dude. Well, and that, I, I, that's I, half the battle in this sport. Yeah, I agree and I, I do think there are some parallels Last time I was at a dinner with our buddy Brian Hawkins, we went to high school with, who played baseball at St. Mary's and who played with a bunch of guys that, you know, played in the minor leagues and a couple got cups of coffee in the big leagues. I think there are similarities to baseball. Like, it's a little like golf. In football, you can prepare, 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 learn, learn all the coverages, just grind, grind, grind the film. Basketball, you just keep shooting, you keep shooting. In baseball, like, there's a balance, right? Because you're going to fail sometimes. Just like in golf, you're going to hit great shots. You're just going to get shitty bounces. Like, caring too much sometimes can be counterproductive. Yeah. And well, I think and that's why a guy – you know who I kind of like? Whose hmm. odds are dramatically better, which would make us more money, would Richard. be DJ. Because I think he's a little like Kepka And for some kind of flying under the radar right now, no one's really talking about him. Now, he hasn't been playing great golf. But I see that 16 to 1. And again, as a gambler, I like a little better odds. <laughs> so you could go with my ultimate sleeper, who I may or may Kisner? not have just thrown $40 on. You know where Kisner finished last year in the British Open? Second. Yeah. He is just, he's like a slow, steady, good putter, hits a lot of fairways. He's not a, the long courses are going to mess with him, but he's kind of made for this type of golf, just scrappy. Uh, now again, I mean, it's, I wouldn't throw, I saw, I saw Riggs from Barstool tweeted. He had the second longest drive in like a practice round, 314 <laughs> yards. Well, that that's, what's weird about this tournament. That's why, you know, are we better off taking like, would you do this? Would you put your money on Ricky Fowler at 30 to one? No. Would you mess with like, uh, a Tommy Fleetwood at 30 to one Yeah. from over there? Yeah. I, I I would rather do something like that. Now the problem is now we've been one I've, golfer or four. No, well no, I'm just trying to go through it oh, like okay. I because Brooks is the easy one, and I think more than likely we'd have a chance. The chances of him winning, you just base off like is he going to win five majors and ten chance? Like it's probably not going to happen. But we'd feel good about ourselves like on Saturday. But think how good we'd feel if like Fleetwood is second like mid Saturday. We'd be like whoa. 
and that 50 guy turns into 1500 each. Start doing the math there. I, I I've already I'd rather do Fleetwood I think than Brooks. But what are the chances he wins versus the chances Brooks wins? Like I'm all for making the most money in the end, but I what I'm really for is picking the guy that's going to win. Well, Tommy Fleetwood I think last year or maybe a couple years ago his highest finish here is tied for second. So it's not great. But, but yeah, I mean I you could talk me out of that fast. What about Dustin Rose 20 to 1? To me, a guy that's been playing well. So you don't want, like Rory, that's just too perfect of a story to go with Rory here. Well, he's the heavy betting favorite. Do you know that he holds the course record? Do you know how old he was when he shot the course record of 61? Like 60, it wasn't like 16? Six, 16. Yeah. 16 fucking years old. So you're like, yeah, he probably should be the favorite. He's played here. He holds a course record. The pressure is immense, but I, to me, the like, Obviously, the biggest star of golf's Tiger. Then, to me, like, Brooks now is, like, just on Rory's level. Like, Rory is just probably internationally the biggest star, right? And he's legitimately just a superstar. Like, he's a great player. He's not the best odds. I think think Brooks Koepka gives us the best chance to win. What about DJ, 16 to 1? What's Brooks, 6 to 1? Brooks, 10. 10 to 1? It's fun to root for Brooks, dude, because he's just good. So I just like, feel I, like I, 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 I the best chance of Saturday rolling around and so Sunday Brooks is going to have a stretch in two years where he wins five majors. I mean, it just would be the it'd be like one of the greatest stretches in sports history. Is is it that you think that this course is not a match for him, or you just don't want to bet on him because it's too easy? It's not as much fun. Yeah, it has less to do with the course and more to do with too easy and three. Just like I just take a step back historically, it's like a. Ruthian run. I mean, it's just it's it, it like eclipses a tiger type stuff. Did, did I tell and you the, the, guy, the guy claims he doesn't practice and he's going to have one of the great sports runs in 24 months we've ever seen any sport? Well, he's it's already happened. Like <laughs> he's already on it, right? But, I, but I'm saying this would like. End well, I know, this but would, if he finishes first or second, if he finishes second, he's still on one of the greatest runs I've ever seen. Uh, did I t- did I say on this podcast the the Billy Bean uh, Lenny Dykstra story recently? Uh, Billy caught him jerking off or something. No, I mean, it's, it's in, I think it's in Moneyball, but the story is that like Billy and Dykstra, uh, uh, are, I think they're on the Mets and they're about to play the Phillies and Dykstra sits down next to Billy. Billy's point is like he, Billy in his mind, like overthought things. And Lenny was just like, didn't think didn't at give all. A crap. Yeah. And they sit down and Lenny's like, uh, who is it? like the pitcher's warming up? The pitcher's warming up. He's like, who is this dude today? What's he got? And Billy's like, uh, Lenny, it's Steve Carlton. He's got one of the greatest curveballs of all time, and he's one of the hardest throwers in the game. And Lenny's like, oh, okay, I'll stick him. Just like Lenny didn't know who they were facing that day, but just knew he was going to hit him. That's and, that's what I'm saying in baseball. Like sometimes that mentality, yeah, he was a far superior player than Billy Bean, right? Like I don't. Is that Dustin, or does Dustin think a little more than Brooks? Well, I think Dustin cares and Dustin tries. Yeah, but trying and like overthinking aren't always the same thing, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm saying trying to the point where sometimes I think he kind of presses yeah, now yeah, because I, he's same. I think he wears the pressure of being the number one guy. Like Brooks, like whatever he's partying. Like his life hasn't changed that much. I think Dustin kind of came like he looks at. I kind of came from the gutter. Now I'm with the Gretzkys. Now I'm viewed as like this tiger-like figure. 
and I, I've had some terrible moments. Yeah, I, I think Brooke, I think Dustin is closer to some like baseball mental midgets. Mental midgets is strong because he's one. Like baseball, maybe underachievers that should maybe like maybe Dustin like a Kershaw. Like he tries so hard. He's such an elite talent, but sometimes big moments kind of get to him. Yeah, and I think it happens a lot. In ba- I think it just happens a lot in these sports, and sometimes it all comes together and you win it. I, it doesn't mean you can't win it. I but like I think it's for. My vote would be Dustin. My but vote would be I'm Kepka. O- I'm open to Kepka. Uh, I- fifty each on Kepka. We'll just you know have a little fun. I I just mainly I think because I'm rooting for him not to do it. Though you're right, it's the safe bet. I see. That's the thing. I'm with you on that. Um, what about the fact that he told that he ignored Tiger's text? Tiger wanted to try and like Tiger needs just every advantage he can get now. Tried to play with him. You like? Would you throw five dollars on Tiger? Because I, I think there's zero chance. No, I, I I wouldn't throw any money on Tiger. Uh, yeah, I I, his, I didn't know this. You told me his caddy is from there. Brooks's caddy Ricky from something. there. Yeah, Ricky. I don't know. I, you'd have to do some research how these two even got linked up. I mean, a lot of caddies are just failed players, and this guy was a big time player, a big time junior player, I guess, over there, and was really good. I mean, he's played this course countless times. And that, from a betting standpoint, to me, works an advantage. Like, just, again, he gets subtle tips from this guy. Like, his his basically his equivalent of his playing partner. I mean, the guy that's carrying his bag. Not his playing partner, but you know what I mean. The guy that's with him 24-7 on the golf course knows, hey, Brooks, don't mess with this on the left. Hit it over to the right. Just little things that Tiger's working through with, uh, trying to think who's his, oh, LaCava. Good-looking ball guy. Uh, big Giants fan. Ball guys, when you do the face app, you, we don't age as well. <laughs> and uh, you know who looked really good on it was uh, Zerline. He did. So you gotta have you gotta have a beard. So he what I would beard. do is I I added a beard yeah. and then I go age. That's what I did on our photo. I added the young beard and then I aged it. Can you just like, go like new teeth though next time? Because the old teeth. No, the, the teeth. Mess, yeah, I mean I saw LeBron James messing with the teeth. Uh, nothing you can do there. I. I'll put some cash on Kepka then. I, I think that will just be the finality of it all. Okay. All right. You know one thing, and just mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1, yep. big-time gambling sponsors. I went through on 3 and Out podcast every – just the over-unders on every division for the last – I need a little filler for the last you know three weeks. You know who by far has the worst odds? Like most teams in divisions like the Bills or whoever the shittiest team is in your division – to win the division, the odds are usually like 12 to 1 or 13 to 1. Like, those are awful odds. Like, the Bengals or the Raiders be like 11, 12 to 1, somewhere in there. By far the worst odds of any team in the NFL. Again, if you want to get into this, mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1. We got football season right around the corner. Was the Arizona Cardinals. Really? They were du- They were double, guy. Double the next worst team. Not just in the NFC, but the entire NFL hmm. uh, for – for worst team to win a division. Okay. That'll it's kind of crazy. It shows, like, is there a chance the Cardinals are just going to be horrendously terrible? I'm excited for that for that topic when we really dive into it because, yeah, they're just going to be such a polarizing team, right? They already are. Yeah. I mean, there are going to be a couple just – It's Browns-level attention, like when the Browns were bad. Whether these teams bad or not, we'll see, but, like, it's just that level. Just Kyler and Cliff? Yeah. You know what I was thinking, though, last night? And we're going to get into the coaches here in a little bit. 
Like to win a major, and this is why it makes sense to bet on Kepka, because even if you have an underdog, and I wouldn't, I mean, Kisner's a huge underdog, but he's a top like 30 player in the world. Like he's a really good player, you know? It's just whatever, these odds people aren't idiots. He probably hasn't played well in certain conditions, whatever. You're going to have to beat, like if Kisner were to win it, more than likely he'd have to beat like a Kepka, a Rom, and like a Fleetwood, right? Like he's going to have to beat three or four players down the stretch that are really good, not just randoms. Uh, I mean, look at Gary Woodland. He won the U.S. Open. Like, Gary, who'd you have to beat? I don't know. Kepka. Tiger, who'd you have to beat to win the Masters? I don't know. This little Italian guy that just won the British and Kepka and DJ and Fina. Like, so you got to be an elite player. So that, you're right. You should just bet on an elite player. Because to win the major, even if your guy doesn't win, he's going to, if you do get the right guy, he's going to be in the mix because elite guys play. I'm down to go Kepka and DJ. Okay. All right. That's the official golfers of ham. I mean, look, it's like it's it's no different. Who are you picking? Well, the, you know, uh, Aaron Donald and DeForest Buckner. Like these are our people, the guys that just mash and hit the gym, right? I, I, I like DJ I like Kepka, Donald, De, uh, not DeForest Buckner, uh, Solomon Thomas, right? He looks big. Haberman and Middlecoff. Like it's like pairs well, of three. My, my my thing on DJ is he's going to win another major. Like that's going to happen. He's just too good not to win another major. Is this going to be it? I don't know. But Cliff Kingsbury, he's coming where he struggled in a small conference, and not small conference, but in a conference that I think most people would say is winnable because they play the least amount of defense of any of the Power Five, and he struggled to go over 500. Now he has to play Sean McVay, <laughs> Pete Carroll, and Kyle Shanahan. Like, from a coaching standpoint, the coaching in the NFC West relative to him is – does it get that much better than that? It's interesting. I mean, I do think this year, I was looking at it yesterday, that the Big 12 actually has really good coaches when you break it down now. Because they got new coaches. But it's Herman, Lincoln, Gary Patterson, Mike Gundy, right? Like, those are your really established guys. Then you've got Matt Rule at Baylor. Like, the guy won at Temple. Guy, he was offered an NFL job. He was offered an NFL job. Guess who else was offered an NFL job? Matt Campbell. Matt Campbell, yeah. They got Matt Wells, who you and I know, he's I got follow two. On, he follows me on Twitter. I like that guy. He's got two of the three double-digit win seasons in the history of Utah State football. They got the guy, Chris Kleiman, yeah, who won, coach. like, the last five FCS national championships. What team did that guy coach? K-State? K-State. Les that, might be the worst coach Carson in the league. Huh? Was that Carson Wentz's coach? Yeah. Was that North Dakota State guy? Yeah. So remember I, when – Remember I when uh, anybody? I don't know. Who was the old guy that used to coach K-State? Bill Snyder, when he tried to like, the program was in shambles a couple like last year, and yeah. he just tried to give it to his kid, and they're like, "No, nah, man, this is not going to work this way." Sorry, you, you're you're not winning enough games to just hand it to your kid. Uh, I, I think he struggled with that one, but he probably felt like I'd earned it. And in his defense, I kind of understand it, but you just you can't do that. It's too big of a gift. No, it's too big of a risk. Unless you think the kid's a star, right? Even then, it's pretty risky. Yeah, well, he's still got to prove Like, it's not like Butch where the kid's going to have to prove it to people. Like, it's a little harder. Like, you can just fire Claude Harmon after three days if you don't like him. You're kind of stuck with the guy, at least for a couple years. Right. Uh, let's tell the people, John, about boxofawesome.com. When you're on Woo! the grow, the go, you're grinding away at the office, hanging out with your buds, like Haberman Middlecoff. There is not much time to think about upgrading your style, upgrading your apartment, upgrading your life. Uh, that's where boxofawesome.com comes into play. 
when you enter the promo code HAM at checkout. We've got in our boxes waiting on another. It's just good stuff. Guy, whether you're in search of the perfect drink, mm-hmm. a well-kept pad, or a jet setting in style, best pu- bespoke, is that how you say it? Yep. Bespoke? Bespoke Improves post. your life. Bespoke owns Box of Awesome. Each box goes for under $50, but it has more than $70 worth of unique waiting inside it. What did you say that your box that you opened uh, the other day? Oh, I got it? like a whiskey aging kit, and I got a travel case that had a bunch of good products in it, hair product, uh soap face wash some cool stuff that's awesome man but and and here's the beauty uh you get an email that tells you what is going to be in the box before you get it at that point you've got five days to change whether it's sometimes there's clothes sometimes it's bags whatever's in there you can change sizes colors you can change the gear completely if you're not feeling the box that month you can just skip it so you're in control they're picking stuff for you but you're in control uh of what you get what you don't get to receive 20% 20% off your first subscription box. Go to boxofawesome.com. You enter the promo code. You know what it is. It's ham at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com. B-O-X-O-F. Awesome. Dot com. Code ham. You never know. Some people, you know, maybe dropped out of high school or whatever. 20% of your first box is off. Yeah, that's Bespoke, right. Bespoke post theme boxes for guys that give a damn. Uh, are you watching baseball these days, John? Are you watching baseball again? I've watched you more watching Giants, the Giants games. I've watched more Giants games in the last, I'd say, three days, but they played two on Monday. So three, the last three games, last so 24 hours worth of baseball than I have probably in two years of the Giants. I watch, like, MLB Network always has, like, Yankee and Dodger games and Philly games. I, I have that on in the background. But you, you, John Middlecoff was not watching – I can't even name some of the guys. They're so far gone early in this season. The Giants were so bad. Oh, so Connor boring. Joe, I think, is the name you're looking for. Yeah, that's a, they had a para <laughs> that was terrible. I mean, this Dickerson guy is like Mickey Mantle. Your Skremski's grandkid, it just rakes. Yeah. Their pitching just, I don't know, did they get better overnight? Because they look like they're throwing harder, throwing strikes. Their defense, their defense is fun. And, and I mean, guy, I, has Vote texted you back? Because we need to get this guy on the podcast. No, I mean, I, I, we, I, I try to get him on the pod, and he goes radio silent on me after all the back and forth. Did you hear Bochi was on with our friends Papa and Lund yesterday? And I didn't know this. I, I just assumed he was going to coach, like, high school or – hell, I, I couldn't even close my eyes and vision vote coaching, like, a college World Series team, like coaching in Omaha, you know, like a Washington or Oregon or something. But I guess he has a lot of aspirations to coach – be a major league baseball yeah, manager. You know, he's, he did the interview on Fox the other day when they were at the Brewers, and he was talking about it. Yeah, he, he's Bochy was saying like they have a pretty good relationship. Well, I know his wife um, is a basketball coach, right? Yeah, in Tumwater, Washington, and he would assist her sometimes in the off season. So, well, maybe you might need to follow up as they're making a run to the playoffs here, and maybe we can meet him at the yard yeah, or something. Yeah, he's going. He's he went. Uh, he went Kepka on me. I'm Tiger in this analogy. Uh, it didn't hit me back, so I'll text him again. <laughs> it happens. You know, they, they were in some – when you text him, it was some rough times. Uh, no, I'm undaunted by it. Uh, it doesn't yeah. bother me. But that, to now me, I text are... during the rough time. I always text during the rough times. So then when it's good times, I expect a reply, you know. But he, here's what I've noticed, guy. He plays a lot just because Posey can't play that much, right? I mean, he he plays. You know, yeah, it's not busy. one of those backups where you're like, oh, if you watch the Giants all week – you see, like, two voted bats. I feel like I see vote all the time. I know. 
so the Giants are three. The Giants are as many games out of the wild card in the National League as the Red Sox are in the American League. Think about that for a minute. Three. The American League wild card is much less competitive, but much better, right? Because the Rays, yeah, the A's, yeah, less Red teams, Sox. better teams. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Giants would have no chance of winning a wild card in the AL. Yeah, I I don't know if I'm do, are you so are you to the point where you think they have a chance of winning the wild card right now in the National League? Well, uh, uh, I'll say this: when you watch them recently, they legitimately look like a playoff team, like the way that, the way they do things. Right? They hit, they run, they pitch really well. Yeah. When you watch Will Smith, who again I don't watch that much Giants, I just know like this Will Smith just dominant, dominant, dominant. And for the first time in forever, I'm watching him last night. He gives up, you know, a bomb. And again, it's as SS will say, it's course field. I get it. Hey, give up a bomb at the All Star game. Yeah, some it's Joey Gallo too, traded a little too late. But uh, yeah, I, I listen. Baseball this year is kind of weird, you know. In the in the NL, like the Nationals were terrible, and now they've just been red hot. The Phillies, I don't know who was in center fielder last night for the Dodgers. Verdugo maybe. But they should have lost that game, and somehow they won because Harper hit it. You see that highlight where he hit it right at him, and the guy kind of fucked it up, and then he scored from first base. I didn't. I I was listening to some of that game early, and I heard. I don't know who the Phillies analyst is on radio. Do you know? He made some comment. Uh, uh, they had they had a shift on against Jay Bruce, but they left the third baseman in in case he was going to bunt, and the analyst was crushing. Lenny Dykstra? Huh? I didn't. Lenny no, it didn't no. sound like Crook. But the analyst was crushing the Dodgers for protecting for against the Jay Bruce. No, not for the shift, for not going all in on the shift and having a guy stay over in case Jay Bruce bunts. Like he's not going to bunt. And I was try- I got. I might have to go back and listen because he said base- What he said was, that's the difference when you have the 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 spreadsheet nerds running your defense instead of the guys like us that played the game. He didn't say spreadsheet nerds, but it was just as derogatory. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was, it was exactly something in that tone. It was, like, really offensive. And I was just like, oh, I can't. What's the play-by-play guy going to do? And he is just there, completely there, ignored it. There's not a sport because in football it just doesn't even exist. There's only one game a week, and, you know, the game still kind of look the same. You just can't really hit. But that's league rules, not necessarily, like, teams doing it. Basketball, you get the old guy, like, Gotta stop shooting jump shots. Try and get a layup. You know that. But in baseball, where you get the majority of their radio analysts, right? Radio analysts are gonna be 50 and above that played at the latest in like the late 80s. Most of them like 60s, 70s. This because the game looks completely different. Also, nobody is shamed. Like the people that get shamed is TV clips get shamed because they get shared on social. Who was the guy that you know crushed the Dodgers for wearing cutoffs? Joe Simpson of the Braves. Yeah. That was on like TV. You're saying, if that had been on radio, it wouldn't yeah. have been a thing. But I'd also say if you could sh- – if, like, any person under 40 was listening to radio consistently that could, could cut it and put it on Twitter, like you said, those type comments would go viral way faster, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now I would not make. Now I'm with. Now you told me this earlier. Like baseball, when you just gotta, you don't have to be great. You just gotta be right here. Like where the where the A's are is above where you have to be. Like they are, they're a better baseball. Do you think the A's people around here are kind of mad right now? The Giants have won like four fucking games, and everyone's talking about. Yeah, I mean it's just it's it's the nature of the beast. Unfortunately, the A's are dominant. (laughs) But 
this is all you got to do if you're the Giants. Just be kind of – luckily for them, the National League's down and you're kind of around. I, I think it's been a really successful year for Farhan to this point now that they that he's showing like he's churning the roster and they could win that way. But I think to not tr- still trade everybody that you want to trade would be the same mistake that you've made for the last few years, which is allowing hope to drive your decisions instead of really having a plan and executing the plan. See, to me, the, what I feel good about him – and this is back to my Dodger take, because I, I think most people, a little old school, go, I could not see Bumgarner on the Dodgers. And I am simply less emotional, where I go, yeah, I have no problem trading him there if their offer is the best, by far. Like, this has to be, you have to be unemotional with the trades. Like, Farhan, clearly, do you get the text messages from the Giants on your phone? Yeah. From, like, the PR? I mean, you can go through For some reason, my phone tells me it thinks those texts are coming from Stephen Vote. You can get, you can have a stretch where your phone says Stephen Vote texts you. No, it's 20, not. It, does, it says maybe Stephen Vote when yeah. I actually. Yeah, it's weird. It could be twenty times in a week. Like <laughs> he cuts and sends people up and down at levels in which, when they sucked, it was like, what is this guy doing? Now that they're kind of winning, I'm like, this guy's a genius. That I appreciate, and I know, like, he's not looking at Bumgarner like some sacred cow, but he's also a like the the one thing about the money ball analytic guys is they're businessmen in the sense that it's very black and white to them. Like he he wouldn't just if the Brewers called, we want Bumgarner and we'll give you thirty cents on the dollar and that's his best offer. He'd be more liable just to keep him. Like I ain't just gonna trade him, trade him. I'm gonna trade him or Will Smith. I'm gonna trade him to a good deal. And I I think it's very Belichickian and that's why I, will they sell their guys? Yeah, they will if they get good offers. And now when you win, like what was the Giants leverage when they were really shitty? Everyone knew you were going to get trade them. Now if they're just, you know, you can stay kind of hover one to two games back in the wild card with all these teams falling apart. The difference is all the teams above you are just better. I mean, they just, ha- I mean, maybe not better. They're not playing better currently, but they have more talent. Like the Phillies yeah. have way more talent. And the other the problem is talent. it'd be another thing if Madison Bumgarner had a couple had a year. He's not he's a free agent. You know that's the other. But, thing. I, but I'm saying like you can let free agents walk and get that comp pick. Where are you just going to give him away for nothing? That's right. my. Yeah. No, I don't think you give him away for nothing. You think he's? Would you say 100% both guys get traded? Yeah. I mean, Will Smith, yes. Unless somehow this team is in the wild card spot and you're not getting good offers. But if you're getting good offers, I, I don't care if you're in the wild card spot. I think you got to trade them. What about Bumgarner? Yeah, I, I think if if you get but, a good offer for him, I who's, think you got to who, trade him. Who's trading for him, guy? That's my thing. I don't know. One, one of these, like the Yankees or the Twins I mean, or a- something. Hell, Astros could. I mean, like, they can never get enough. The Cubs, they need a pitcher. You know Joe Madden might get fired? Yes, I th- I'm expecting it to happen. Like, I think since the beginning of the year, it's kind of been the deal. Like, him and Theo, like, it's like they're ready for, you know, David Ross to be running the team, I think. Well, it's a little like this parallel doesn't work perfectly because Joe Madden won a World Series. But, like, Jason Garrett, he's like, yeah, you're just going to coach in your last year of your deal. That's You want to coach this team, you're going to coach in the last year of your deal. Right. Isn't that what Joe Madden's doing? Yeah, except the difference, I think, is that I don't think Joe and Theo have the relationship. Jerry, well, Jerry likes Jerry. All yeah. Jerry wants Joe. Uh, uh, like we've said this over and over, he would die for Jason Garrett to just make like the NFC Championship game. Oh my God! If Jason well, Garrett make if the Cowboys make the NFC Championship game this year, what is that extension going to be? I mean, he'll pay him eight, nine, ten million dollars a year. <laughs> would you? But I'd say this: 
Does an NFC Championship game, if they're a one and two seed, meaning they only won one playoff game, but they won the division, but then they got, let's say, they play like the Saints and they lost by 25 points, that'd be a Yeah, I just, like, your point is he's looking for a reason to keep him. And I think yeah, going to the how NFC do you find a guy against the NFC Championship game? But you're right. It doesn't. What does it really prove? I don't know. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, but I would say this. Up? It proves, like, okay, because now Dak's about to get paid if you're a one or a two seed. I mean, he's probably getting paid anyway, but. Like, would Theo rather the team implode and not make the playoffs so you could fire him or make a I don't think – I think he's – like, I don't think Theo has the fear of what's going to happen when I replace Joe Madden. Do they not like him because he's super expensive or because they think he's kind of an asshole and doesn't I think – well, I think he's – I – just from, like, stuff I'd read before the year. Ego? Yeah, I just don't think they get along. Have you you been to any Cubs games this year? No. I wonder if you can, like, feel the tension. Because I did, re- I heard like Verducci. Colin had Verducci on one of his like Sunday po- or Saturday podcasts, and he was talking like, "Yeah, it's <laughs> it's one of the biggest stories, like kind of underground right now." Yeah, I re- I read something about it before the year. I- I'm wishing the motherfucker. Was- he's wishing he he's praying Madden screws up. I see. I don't think like I I think it's one of those where he's because like, he doesn't listen, but he doesn't listen to him, guy. That's his pr- that's the problem. That's like the root of their anger, yeah, right? But I'm just saying, like, I win or lose, like, I think it's it feels like it's done, even if they win. Like, I don't think Theo needs him to lose to get rid of him. You're saying it's Harbaugh that last season. Yeah, he's I, yeah. I don't know if the animosity is the same, but it just it seems like like Theo's not going to get bullied into resigning a guy he doesn't want to sign. If Especially Giants, when it's easy to justify to the owner, like, hey man, we can win for a fraction of the cost on this manager. If the Giants were With to Sam win Bull. the second, if the Giants played just the one playoff game, and yeah. just the, is Bochi a lock manager of the year? I mean, most people viewed in baseball they were the worst team. Yeah, really. I mean, one of them. I think like if, they, they were a laughing stock, kind of. Not the manager, but I just mean the roster. Uh it'd be an incredible accomplishment. Yeah, it would be incredible. It's incredible what they're doing right now. They just didn't tap out. Like, clearly, they kind of rallied together. Now, it's baseball, so did they have a powwow, or did they just start playing better, <laughs> right? They just start hitting. I, you know, it's not like, Bochy gathered the troops, looked them all in the eyes, and said, guys, we're not going out like chumps. You know, that doesn't happen in baseball. No, but I do think people would say, like, just when you're rotating a roster that much to keep your team level, like, that's pretty impressive, Right. Does Farhan win Executive of the Year? <laughs> uh, in the is that a National League award or is that an Everybody award? That's I think it's an Everyone award. I think I, the, yeah. I think the Twins probably have the uh, the inside track on just that on those type of awards. Like have you have you have you found yourself more interested? Just kind of peeking what's going on. Yeah, but I've been peeking all year. But yeah, I mean, there's no like you are so right. Like baseball. You but just to need me, there's a pulse. difference between peaking and like watching the game. You just need a pulse in baseball to be kind of interesting, and they got a pulse right now. They do got a pulse. Plus, it's July, and you know the whole trade deadline stuff is always pulseish. And Pop is back on the radio. You know all these things working together. Well, you, you know, guy, I didn't realize this till they actually mentioned it yesterday. I mean, I knew this, but I'd forgotten about it. The, the waiver wire claiming like in August doesn't exist anymore. Right. You got to do your trades by. There's no post. Deadline. So remember uh, remember wave, when the wave Giants wave. was it the Giants that claimed Stanton like three years ago, but nothing could happen? Or was it some other team? I, well, did we ever find out who it was? I think we thought. Well, maybe it was that's him. what. No, no one. It never got out. Yeah. 
But always, like, every team that's out of it, their most expensive player, like Albert Pujols on waivers again. Like that's It's kind of weird how that happened in baseball, but yeah. they never would get Clint. Robinson Cano's on waivers. So you can just claim Robinson Cano. Yeah, but you also got to take the $140 million. Yeah, but then they can say, we want him back. Or you just, you got him. Sorry. He's <laughs> yeah. yours. That's See ya. What, what do you want for him? Ah, just take him. You know, just, yeah, send us some uh, sodas and some balls. Some empty boxes for all the stuff we'll send you. <laughs> did you Did you hear, did you, you follow Funhouse, the dude that tweets on the Mike Francesa? Clips? Yeah. He had Brody Van Wagenen on, like, three days ago. Really? And Francesa was, like, reading him the riot act. Like, Was this you know the how first ba- time since the? Yeah, th- this was, like, legitimately the day after the All-Star game. Okay. And, or, you know, like, last week. And Francesca's is like, how have you guys – you guys are so terrible. Like, Brody, no one wants to hear any of this. You're terrible. The fans don't trust you. Every move you've made sucks. You pumped your chest. No one believes you. You're the Mets, and we're just crushing them. And Brody's yeah. like, I know. I'm not going to say anything. They're right. Because it's like, what? It was crazy. Well, I mean, there I was this – did, did, did he bring up – right before the All-Star break, there was the story that he, like, threw a chair, like, had, like, a heated – yeah, he he. The part and the clip that I saw, it wasn't going into any detail about like Francesca saying. Oh my God, I want to go watch that. Because there was the one story right where, when when the blow up happened, they're on the road. Brody at home calls the clubhouse attendant, tells him to go to Mickey, yanks Indergard, yanks Indergard. The bullpen fucks up again. <laughs> it was like, but that's again. That is happening in baseball, but when you when you read it and then you kind of optically think about what it would look like, you're like, that is insane. The dude's at his couch with, like, his wife and his kids getting mad at the television, text some dude in the clubhouse. Like, think how crazy that is when you really take a step back. It, it's like, crazy, especially when it's – well, who, I don't but know he's what the not alone, but he, But you agree, he's not alone. He just – He's getting more crushed because he's some random agent, not, you know. Uh, yeah, the far- different. The question I have is, it, uh, is Mickey ignoring the analytics that say after pitch 100, Syndergaard's got to come out of this game? Is he making that call based on, like, the numbers and, hey. Well, what if he's humming it? and he's got one, he's got, like, but I'm just, nine But what days. I'm saying is, I think a lot of the situations where it's happening is, uh, John Middlecoff, the GM, says in the pre-road trip meeting, all right, guy, the manager, remember – when Cindergard is at 100 pitches, we got to get him out of the game. I'm like, oh, yeah, whatever, John. And then he's sitting there watching it the same way Billy Bean, you know, Brad Pitt's watching uh, Art Howe. He gives him the lineup, and then he checks the lineup, and guess who's starting at first base? Carlos Pena, not Hatterberg. So what does Billy do? He trades Pena. You know, he, like, is it, me, is it based on guy? analytics, or is it just based on – like, that That would be my question for the Mets. Yeah, see, see to me, guy, the, the response is not, yeah, whatever. It's Middlecoff, it's Haberman and Middlecoff, radio days. Oh, yeah, no problem. Oh, for sure. We'll do that. Oh, yeah, that Oh, sounds great. Right. And then once it gets, like, once we're supposed to do it, we do the complete opposite. So it's like, you motherfucker, you're just blatantly lying to my face. And at the end of the day, yeah, we're blatantly lying to your face. And I think that's probably what Mickey's doing. Because when you're in the presence of a quote-unquote authority – most people don't, you know, especially in a stressful job, you don't want to argue. Oh, sure, no problem. We'll do it. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Oh, that's genius. Because oh, all you ever want. Meanwhile, when you're thinking it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. All you ever want in those situations is for the meeting to end. End immediately. <laughs> so, Please so, end. 
<laughs> once you become like once you mature a little bit in the sense of just lie to their face and it ends it even if you don't agree or plan on doing it. Now that eventually comes to roost the problem if that person's confrontational eventually. Like Brody, we didn't deal with a confrontational person because he was so terrified. The Brody, he clearly will attack, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, before we get to the uh, NFL coaches, John, let's tell the people about Legacy Box, a great opportunity, especially if you've got summer cleaning coming up, to save your family films and your photos from degrading or being lost forever. Right now, you go to LegacyBox.com slash ham. You get 40% off your first order. Um, I What I did, they send you an empty box. It's really easy. I took it to my parents' house. I said to my mom, do we have, like, old VHS tapes, old photos we need to preserve? Let's get them on uh, digital um, files. And uh, then we send it to Legacy Box, and, and they're sending back uh, all those things in digital form. You know, because you said it's it's a lot of stuff from people's childhood. Like, I have some videos, some VHS videos yeah. at my mom's house right now. Like, come fly with me, Michael Jordan. I still know exactly where the, the VHS is. Can you send that and get it digitized? You know. ever seen that? Yeah, copyright. I, I, I don't know. I'm gonna, I might have to reach out to them. But again, you can probably just go to iTunes and get it much yeah, easier. <laughs> true. Family heirlooms, pictures, uh, a lot of us growing up, you know, we're 80s babies. Everything was like videotape, playing with our friends, playing on the monkey bars, uh, doing whatever normal people did back in the 80s and 90s because there wasn't that much. We didn't have phones or anything. So you just went and got a VHS tape, filmed it all, and then just the VHSs are just lying around your house. That's what the great part guy about uh, Legacy Boxes, they digitize it all. And then you can watch it, like, show your kids or show your wife what you were like when you were 10. And it saves space. You don't have boxes of it in your closet. I know my dad and one of my sisters are super into, like, getting um, family lineage and finding old clips and old photos and all that. And this will be a great way as well for them to keep all this stuff preserved for, for generations. And, like you said, clean out the closet. Easy to follow instructions. Barcodes included for every item. Um you're going to get all the stuff you send back, all perfectly preserved, in addition to the digital copies. You get personalized updates along the way. Legacy Box really protects all your very important personal stuff, and it's all done right here in the USA. There's always that friend that has the mom or dad. They're like in Little League, you'd always look up, and they'd have the VHS camcorder. Like, come on, Billy! You know, and they'd be camera and all. I'd love to get my hands on some of that action from a young Haberman, from a young Middlecoff. People listening, I'm sure you got some of those. And again, there's never been a better time to digitally preserve your memories. Visit LegacyBox.com slash ham to get started. Plus, for a limited time, they're offering listeners of this uh, podcast. Just go to LegacyBox.com slash ham. Get 40% off, guy. 40% off your first order. 40. Very good. 40. Go do it. Uh, all right. NFL coach ranks, John. We've been talking a lot about you and I just been texting about people that uh, I know Colin was talking about how much – he loved Shanahan the other day. Kyle, that is. Uh, Grant Cohen and Benjamin Albright were going back and forth in my feed. I, I, you should go back and look at the interaction, John. It was good. Why Grant does not think he's good, right? Um, is that the premise of the I, argument? I, don't, I didn't like fully digest it. I just think he doesn't think that people that are standing for him have a leg to stand on. I don't know based if he thinks he's his, bad or good. On, he just doesn't think he's first two years in San Francisco. deserving of all the love. Yeah. So uh, Elliot Harrison, NFL.com, put together his coach ranks. I think that's Derek Papa's new boss. Like, it's oh, really? Because well, Elliot Harrison. That would is explain big, how John Gruden ended up at 15. Because Elliot's a big NFL historian, and I yeah. think Derek's going to help out with, like, because Derek is the geekiest historian I've ever come across NFL-wise. <laughs> so I actually, 
I will be shocked if they are n- don't hit it off. All right, so let's start. W- what do we think of Kyle Shanahan? Let's start with the Niners. We'll talk about Gruden, too. What do you think of Kyle Shanahan in at number 43 on the NFL coach ranks? Uh, well, he- here's the thing. If I'm ranking head coaches, you don't get – nothing follows you from an assistant. It's just strictly based on head coaches. And if we're going to rank head coaches, what are we going to rank you on? Your record, wins and losses, playoffs, Super Bowls. And then if you have a longer stretch like Sean Payton or Andy Reid, you factor in other things like you've been doing it for a long period of time because we always know who's going to be number one. Then you're just kind of nitpicking the new guys. Like, could I make the argument, should Sean McVay be ahead of, I guess, yeah, Doug is ahead of Sean McVay. Never mind. That's right, right? Like Sean McVay only has two years, but in those two years he's racked up a shitload of wins. He made a Super Bowl. He's won some playoff games. Like, it's kind of what it is. We're, we're Kyle Shanahan, if you just look at his resume, like Vance Joseph, who got fired last year, has dramatically more wins, I would imagine, because he went to like 7-9 and nine and then 6-10. and ten. I don't know what is exactly right, but he's won more games than Kyle. So I, I get it, just based on pure facts. But I do think you have to take a step back, and Colin had a good rant on this yesterday, like, you have to separate Kyle from Kyle. He inherited, we had a front row seat, one of the worst teams we've ever seen. And when he's had Hoyer, the three, Jimmy G has less passing attempts so far under Kyle than Hoyer, Mullins, and CJ. So he hasn't played that much. When he has played, Kyle's 6-2. and two. Now, if you factored that out over, like, 16 games, would they be 12-4? and four? I, I don't think so. But I do think they'd have a very good chance if Jimmy starts every game for Kyle Shanahan to be not just a winning team, but a playoff team. So, and you and I had have had the unique perspective of talking to the players about it. We follow this team very closely, so we watch, like, what players say. And it's not, we've seen what players say when shit's weird, and they don't say that, right? Like, they talk about this guy like he's pretty special, and I do think there are unquantifiable things with Kyle, that are clearly there. Now, I would also give Grant some credence of, I might end up being wrong because I believe he's one of the better coaches and I believe this year he's got to make the playoffs to kind of validate that. But like if he has another season where Jimmy plays all the games, their team sucks, like part of being a head coach, if your defense continues to suck, like I'm sorry, that's not just on Kyle or on Sala, that's on you, Kyle, right? Yeah, look, I'm with you and I'm a believer in him too, but I don't, this is not one of those where I think, anyone who doesn't see it is dumb. Like, no, like I understand why you would argue against it. Cause like you said, there's all these little pieces of context, what players say about him. We're kind of betting on some uh, things happening that he hasn't, we're betting on him to do things that haven't happened yet. That's part of finding value. But like right now, John, if, if there were 10 NFL jobs open and Kyle Shanahan and Dan Quinn were up for all 10 of them, how many of those teams would hire Kyle and how many of them would hire Dan Quinn? It feels like it'd be like eight to eight to two. Or something. Uh, yeah. I don't think it'd be eight to two Dan. <laughs> and I don't think it'd be five to five. And I, and I think if I was in charge of it, but, uh, I think yeah, it'd be irresponsible. I wanted, ten, I wanted to say 10 to nothing, but that sounds insane, right? Yeah. So there's a difference between what have you, what's on your resume. Nothing, but it is five to five. What's that? I said, I wanted to say 10 to nothing, but I realized how crazy that sounds. But I definitely believe it's closer to 10 to nothing than 5 to 5. Yeah, I just think – I agree, and I think it's – you know, the, the list has to be based on what you've done. 
That's why first-year coaches aren't on the list. So I respect the process of the list, but I think it's different than, okay, it's time to hire a coach. What do we think somebody can become? And that's the context that we talk about Kyle in. So part of this is like, okay, you've said it. they got to make the playoffs this year. Where could he be on this list realistically next year? Could he go from, what I say he is, 23 to 9? Can he go from 23 to 12? Like if they win 11 games, let's say they win 10 games, where is he on the list next year? If they he's, win in 10 the top, he's, he's in the top 10, 100%. I think people are itching to put him there. I, I think here, like, let's just use him and McVay. Because I would say coaching drafts, like, if, especially if you talk to the Young Sharp GMs, they would be highly, they're almost talked about in the same breath. I know what Kyle looks like when it just doesn't get any uglier, right? When the team couldn't suck anymore two years ago before they traded for Jimmy. I mean, it was it was hard to watch. the The highlight of Kyle's pre Jimmy career was a game they ended up losing to the Rams on a Thursday night game when Hoyer looked like Brady. That was the highlight of a short run, but it was a loss. But I'd say the worst moment is when Jimmy tears ACL and they're flying back. And Kyle's talked about this where they're like sitting together, and Kyle's like, "It's starting to hit me. Like this guy's out for the season." Like that was pretty ugly, you know. Just that any. He handles it pretty well. Like you and I, we fall. We probably watched way too many coaching press conferences, any sport over our lives, and a lot of guys kind of can snap under pressure. I mean, it's just human nature, right? Pressure, just any job. Certain people just it wears on you, it and they diamonds. become. Yeah, it, it does create some diamonds, but it also shatters more. You know, just wills and just your personality. It makes you act like something that you're not typically doing. I've seen Kyle handle it like a pro throughout some ugly fucking times. McVeigh, I would kind of expect him to be the same, but the only thing I can judge him on, his times have been pretty good. Like, what's the worst thing that could happen to him so far has been, you know, Gurley's knee started acting funny in a playoff game. You know, I mean, that's that sucks, but it's still, you're in a playoff game, right? I, 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 I believe that you can gain more out of humans just from how they'll be when times are good, when I can watch how times are – like I've seen Bill when sh- weird shit happens, right? When the deflate gate and he went on that research project and it's like, this guy's just got this mental capability that's just bigger than everyone else. What's he talking about right now? I just remember him hammering home the PSI. I was like, this guy's a genius. He convinced me like maybe Tom didn't deflate the balls. Of course Tom deflated the balls, but I left the press conference thinking that Belichick knew that Tom was not lying – and I, I, I just know how how Kyle acts in shitty times. I, so, I, I had a front row seat with, with Andy when he went 4-12, and 12 and he was pretty much the same person. And what does he do? He kicks ass most of the time. Well, and that, that isn't that isn't the most visual thing, the most visual part of what you're talking about, the most visual example of what you're talking about, the Nick Mullins era? That, that, guy, that they were competitive with that guy at quarterback? No yeah, disrespect some, to Nick Mullins. Some, but. They won some games. I kind of disagree with Mayoko. I at during OTAs, I remember BSing with him on the sideline. He's like, "Yeah, I think CJ is going to be the backup." I, I'm like, I don't know, man. I, I think it's going to be hard for CJ Beathard to beat out Nick Mullins. That's a little nerdy. What to watch for in the preseason? Coming <laughs> up actually, on the next uh, pod, <laughs> or coming up on the athletic article tomorrow from Middle. <laughs> what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> so, yeah, man. I uh, I feel good about if it, I I don't even. It's hard to tell anymore. There's so many opinions out there, it's hard to know if you're out on a limb or not. If this is a limb that we're on, I feel good about the limb that we're on with Kyle. But 
it is time for him to start delivering him. Uh, and he, he needs Jimmy to really do that. There's not I, This year it's not like, ah, oh, they won four games, but it was Mullins again, pulled it off. Because I, I, if Jimmy plays 16 games and they win seven and nine, then Kyle takes a hit. Just because at the end of the day, eventually, as a coach, like, yeah. go back to Andy Reid's resume. He finally got the quarterback he wanted in Donovan McNabb. By the second year he was starting, they were a playoff team. Like, it's it's pretty consistent the way things happen. Even Belichick, and Riddick told me this a million times because he was on the team, like, the Browns, by the third year of the Browns, they made the playoffs. And then they won a playoff game. You know, so it was like, weird shit happened. The team kind of fell apart after that because they were moving but Belichick's Cleveland resume, I don't think, is as terrible as people remember. Even I, people that argue for Saban, they're like, check his record in Miami. I think it was 500. He wasn't that bad, you know? He, he wasn't going 4-12 and 12 every year. He was very competitive, and he didn't even have a quarterback. So if you are a good coach, like, worse, like, you have at minimum some 500 years. That's where I, I think Kyle just needs to win. And Talking I mean, to he, Zach Thomas like he was 15-year-old Amari Cooper, I think, was the issue. Yeah, I mean, there were, there are a lot of issues like that. But it wasn't he, – he's better than I think we think of him as. And, you know, like we often defend Tom Sula. Like he talked about like a one-win coach, but it was still five, but it was really ugly, right? The the yeah. wins in lot. Like he was terrible. Yeah, yeah. Well, I like so with Kyle – David, I just Googled, was 15 and 17 in the NFL. So it wasn't that bad. Okay. Did it end worse? Wasn't there like, was it a, did it swing back though pretty bad? Yeah, you're right. He went nine and seven and then they tried to get a quarterback and he went six and 10. So his first year they won. And didn't he pass on Breeze? Uh, The doctors. The doctors. Okay. Um, All right. So we think Kyle is, we, we both believe pretty strongly in fact that he's better than top 20, let alone 23rd. But we understand why he's here. Uh, I don't. I, I. I don't think we feel the same way about Gruden being 15th on this list. Understand why he's there. I. That's pretty rich, uh, especially when you consider he's ahead of Bruce Arians. He's ahead of Jason Garrett. Uh, ahead of Bill O'Brien. Ahead of Doug Marone. Well, to me, of all the coaches on this list, and the way we preface the way you'd rank them is based on your resume. The thing with Gruden's resume is he took 10 years off. So I think of all the coaches, you'd have to put the least amount of stock in his previous resume and more stock in just the immediate, like the one year with the Raiders, which looked like he might just be bad. And I I don't see how you could put him in the top 20. I'd argue, and I don't necessarily think he's like the second or third worst coach, but just on what we saw from last year, he got his ass kicked by Nick Mullins. I think there's like two coaches that you could say that are worse. That'd be like Pat Shermer and a couple other guys. Now I don't necessarily Gruden could go seven and nine, eight and eight this year, and you're like, okay, he's gonna be okay. Yeah. But to him, it's hard for me to like. Well, he made the playoffs in '04. Like Kyle Shanahan would be like, yeah, I was in college then. You know, like, like that was so long ago. Well, but here's the thing. Like, let's if it, let's say we're doing this exercise in 2009, where would he be on the list? Considering like after, his, after that his Tampa run, going into 2009, these were his previous seasons: nine and seven, nine and seven, four and twelve, eleven and five, five and eleven, seven and nine. Yeah, Coming I think he'd be viewed Bowl. as like a fringe top ten guy. Seven and nine, five and eleven, eleven and five, four and twelve, nine and seven, nine and seven. But he was so a Super Bowl be, winner. 
I think he'd be like a the way we kind of view John Harbaugh right now. Now John just made the playoffs last year. So he'd be fringe top ten without a ten year hiatus. In 09, yeah. But you'd but do we have better coaches now? I'd have to think. I don't know. Like, he, and he might maybe be eighth. I don't know where you put him, but it'd be reasonable if you said he was top ten. But the game's changed. I mean, it, like it's just it's a different animal and kind of like Kyle, the other element is that he also picks the players, and his player-picking history is not very good. Yeah, see, to me, that factors in with Gruden. Like, he's the grand poobah. He, he showed immediately, like, he didn't quite get what was going on, and then his offseason, like, oh, he's got this long-term plan. He's like Sam Hinkie. Well, not really. He then sold out because he wants to win immediately and signed Antonio Brown and Richie Incognito. It's weird because we talk about Antonio Brown like that's that crazy of a signing. He is – he I, I people are like, you're just a hater. No, he's the best wide receiver in the NFL. Let me preface it by saying that. Yet no team in the NFL – this guy's the best player in his position. Yet no team in the NFL was willing to give up more than a third-round pick to get him. Say that out loud. So it's like – it's kind of a unique position. It wasn't like, he just landed Khalil Mack. No, he actually traded Khalil Mack. A team that every team in the league – so let's look at the two scenarios. He acquired two. He got rid of one great player and acquired another great player. The great player that he got rid of, every team in the NFL, countless elite teams, what do you want? We'll give you ones. We'll pay them. We'll do whatever it takes. Then the other, the, that's he had teams lining up, and it turns out he chose the wrong one because that team turns out to be good. The guy that then he acquires, the Bills were the one team in on him. <laughs> you know, It's like that's that's a little bit of a red flag, right? Yeah. Like what the rest of the league thinks. Yep. Now he might be right. I mean, Antonio and him just might get along. I don't what, know. What? How many wins would he've had to have last year for you to feel okay about him being top fifteen? Like if I told you instead of four and twelve last year they were eight and eight, would you feel okay yeah. about that? Yeah, one hundred. Seven like, and nine, would you feel okay about it? Yeah, probably because he would have had some tight games, and you would have been like, well, he traded Khalil Mack, and he's starting over. To me, it's that his GM tenure and power bleeds into this because it impacts him on the field, right? Like he's not playing this long game because he has all these veteran guys that are highly combustible players. Uh, Yeah. Yes. I also think part of it is like with Kyle, since we always end up comparing him, like part of his MO is, you know, offensive guru. And then players talk about him like he's that. That's also Gruden's MO, offensive guru. Our player I, now, I, I get it. Like he's a current coach. It's just we don't hear that much of it, but I, just with any coach. But I don't like. Is are the people who know football talking about him like that right now? That's his rep. I think he lost it after last year because he had it coming in. Oh, he's coming back. He's coming back swinging. But I think the question was there. Like, will he be able? Will he have adjusted to the NFL. I agree. The question was there, but a lot of people before he started doing a bunch of weird shit thought like, okay, this is probably going to work. Mark Davis had to do this. It made some sense. He lost that. Yeah, I thought that. Hey, by the way, I was, hey, you got to do it. Give it a shot. Me too. I I completely supported it. I I thought it was the easiest thing he's ever done. I would have paid him the money too. Now it looks kind of crazy because it turns out maybe Gruden's a little nuts. There's nothing wrong with being nuts. Like coaches are nuts, but it does feel a little outdated. Like I'm not calling his agent well john you make mark davis call your agent what are you are you a hypocrite because the one thing older generation often are they're very hypocritical uh and it the one listen people can be hypocrites about whatever 
But sometimes when you're hypocritical about a business you're working in, it can limit your ability to like function. And clearly that the contract stuff and I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I think it was, it was as bizarre of a first eight months as you'll ever see. Right. Well, and now it's, you know, they have so many, this team has so many just things involved with it. It's not like everything else is nailed down in place. And the only question is, what does Gruden do? They've got I'm to sure, move ahead. I'm They've sure. just got like, there's a lot of things up in the air with this team. Well, I'm sure we'll do this topic, but over under 99 and a half catches for Antonio Brown this year. What do you have last year? I mean, like 115 or something. Yeah, I he's mean, had over he's had over 100 for six straight years. It needs to be over then. But my thing is, Derek's never had anyone close to like 80. I think Amari's had a couple years like in the low 70s. You go, that would be a dramatic. And I again, I'm not saying Antonio's better, but when have the Raiders shown that they can just ride one human like that? Even Gruden, I had, Gruden did that back in like 2000 with Jerry Rice and. And uh, Tim Brown, that's a long time ago. I, I would argue. You're saying more, when do they get the guy open? Can they yeah. get the guy open that everybody knows they're throwing it? To? And, and then Derek and can and Derek just, execute it. Yeah, just uh, to me, I'd argue, and this would be a major problem because he'd freak, meaning the player. You, if you were a betting man, you'd say it would be closer to 80 than it would 100, just based on all the variables and all the factors. And that has really nothing to do with Antonio. That's the scary thing. Like, yeah, I think Antonio's going to get open. I just, I, you know, the other thing with, and it just made me think of it because it applies to both him and Kyle is like the thing with Kyle. Whatever you think of, of C.J. Beathard, Nick Mullins, Jimmy Garoppolo, or if you think maybe you think Jimmy's get where everyone's blowing Jimmy too much. I, when I watch him, I, I do feel like you know what Don't I think worry. he's getting the most the out of the media doesn't need Jimmy to blow him for him to get a little action. <laughs> well, <laughs> did you see the Joe Namath story? What he told Howard Stern. I listened. Yeah. Uh, but the night before the Super Bowl, a, ran, a random stranger knocked a woman knocked on his door, and he thought she'd been sent by the gamblers. Um, but I do watch and think they're while his the- girlfriend, who is in a very serious relationship, was staying with ownership, which is odd. because you know they wanted to take care of her because he was the prize guy. Oh, I got you. Yeah, he said he's never told the story out of respect for her. Like, how long ago did they break up? Well, that's what Howard kept asking. Like, he's like Joe. I know you're 75 or whatever, but do you ever go on Facebook and just type in all the women that like the bombshells you used to bend with and just be like, I wonder what they look like now. And, and he's like, and if you find out they look good, hit them up. <laughs> Joe said no. Uh, I just Joe think is, I look Joe at Joe's underrated Howard guest. I have to go back and listen to it. I, I just think you look at Kyle and go, I think I, I watch him and think, I think he's getting the most out of the quarterbacks that he has. And that's, the biggest question with Gruden this year: Will he get the most? We because we've seen Derek look like a Hall of a uh, an MVP candidate. Can you about to say like Hall of Famer? Yeah, he did. I think this is a people are like you're just biased you're in the Bay if you were just a casual NFL fan that like lived in Indy or something. There is like there's pressure on Wentz or whatever, but he just signed a long term contract. He's not going anywhere. There's pressure on Dak. Like, what are the Cowboys going to do? Like D- Derek Carr. And Jimmy Garoppolo, for this argument's sake, have a combined like seven million dollars in dead cap space. If either one of them goes off the rails this year, they have a decent chance of not coming back. And Derek, unlike Jimmy, where Jimmy is kind of Kyle, they they've got they traded for him, they want him to work, 
they kind of then were there when they extended him. Like, if Derek is shitty this year, I feel pretty confident saying he will not be a Raider next year. So he is playing for his job. And people keep texting me, like, what does that mean? Like, what do you think Derek has to do to, like, earn Gruden's trust? Mm -hmm. I think it's tough because the schedule is so hard. Like, if Derek – it's hard to play well as a quarterback. If I tell you Derek is 35-10 and this year and just looks like 2016, you'd be like, well, the Raiders might win eight games, right? They'd be good. I guess their defense could be terrible and give the most points up in the league. But they – if they score enough points – like that Jack year, maybe they don't win 12, but they could win nine, and then Derek's fine. But if Derek plays bad, the team will be bad. Like Mitch Trubisky could have like an okay season, and they could still win nine games. Like that's not an option for Derek. Right. So I, it's not I an option for the Niners the, either. Of all the like $25 million quarterbacks in the NFL, I mean, this guy is, I mean, he's basically on a one year deal. I mean, I. I mean, I think that's not – it's not hyperbole. Especially if they're bad, the quarterback class next year is going to be really interesting, right? If Gruden like Kyler, two is Do you agree? Out. Do you think there's a scenario where he could play well? It would be hard for him to play well in their team to be bad, right? Yeah. I think if he I, – I think they're talented enough. If he plays well, they're good. Because their offense would just Does that mean 13? No, but I think yeah, – No, could, but I'm just saying, like, if they won eight or nine. What, then, like, yeah, to me, good. if he's really good – like, if he's, like – Pro Bowl level quarterback. It's a no brainer. You just keep rolling. Well, I'm just saying, if he's a Pro Bowl level quarterback, their floor to me is like nine wins. Eight wins would be their floor. Uh, Maybe eight's well, their floor. But they're, see, they're not seven to nine, I don't think, if he's really good. But their defense sucks, guys. I know, but uh, it, I mean, good quarterbacks, like. Yeah. Because who's to say then Antonio maybe has 115 catches and 15 touchdowns and Tyrell Williams has a big year and Josh Jacobs has a. Yeah. It's, I mean, let's call it what it is. is. Is the NFL now about scoring points more than it is defense? Now, you'd be like, they'd be a flaw. Like, if somehow the Raiders won a wild card, but they were all offense, no defense, you'd be like, well, it's going to be hard for them in the playoffs because they can't stop anyone. Yeah. They'd be a flawed team. Just like that one year that Derek made the playoffs and broke his ankle. Like, it was going to be hard for them to go on a legit run. But, like that team, you'd be like, well, they're so offensively gifted. You know, they're, they score points. It's about scoring points. Him and Gruden would be getting a lot of credit, especially him. Now, if their defense is bad and, like, Cleland Farrell looks overmatched and Abrams is overmatched, it's a different animal, but. Yeah. I, I... But if their offense is rolling, that's what John's there to do. And John would get a lot of credit for that. You know, he's turned Derek around. He got Derek a real receiver. Uh, you know, they, they signed Trent Brown. They got him protected. If Derek was good, that would probably mean Colton Miller looked a lot better. Colton Miller, I mean, I, it's still hard for me to uh, imagine him like going, oh, damn, Colton Miller's pretty good because he's so long and skinny if he just gets tossed around like a rag doll. And then you go, at least he's not in the division with $700 million worth of pass rushers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, oh, who do, the, uh, who do the Chargers have? I don't know, Bosa and Ingram, they, they make a combined like $200 million. Oh, who do the uh, Broncos have? I don't know, Vaughn Miller, Super Bowl MVP, and this other guy, Bradley Chubb, they drafted fifth. Oh, who do the Chiefs have? I don't know. They traded for Frank Clark. And they also got this guy, if he ever shows up for camp, named Chris Jones, whose penis fell out at the Combine, but who turns out to be a dominant player. Like, it's just, you got guys that block in this division. Well, luckily, they got Richie on the other side to hold things down. The problem is, two of the they play two division opponents the first two weeks, and Richie will be hanging out with us, you know, watching the game at uh, Sauced or something. You ever been to Sauce? There's no, one sack there. in Walnut Creek. Uh-uh. It's it's like uh it's like a barbecue joint. Oh. But their their bar, 
you know, kind of the main eating area is incredibly well done with TVs. Yeah. It's just a great place when there's a lot of games going on just to watch games. And how's the barbecue? Solid? I mean, more than more than edible. More than solid. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not like, you know, Kansas City or Texas barbecue, but for $18 to get a barbecue plate and just, you know, nice bar, right. just the TV. I'm in. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's good. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. Again, I'll be watching at home. I've yeah, got yeah. two TVs. I, <laughs> you're more likely to catch me there like tonight. You know. All right. On that note, uh, back at, back with another one tomorrow. We'll uh, we'll get our bets up, and uh, you can we'll team Ham, Kepka, DJ. So you were in. I'm in. Fifty fifty each on Kepka and DJ. I'm in. So a hundred total. You good on that? All right. Cool. Later. Later. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.